In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. I'm excited to have our next guest, Claire Smith, who is a senior community manager at Coursera. She previously led community experience at e-commerce platform Store Envy, but she started building her first community, a World of Warcraft guild, back in 2006. Now at Coursera, she oversees community for the world's largest online learning platform for higher education. Take a listen. Claire, describe what Coursera is and what you do in your role there. So Coursera is a platform for courses from some of the world's best universities and companies. They're equivalent of a higher education level. Um, And our mission is to educate people around the world, to help them to transform their lives through access to education. Um, And I lead the community team. I work alongside one other community manager. And I'm responsible for the community vision and strategy. And she does more of the day-to-day community management and running of the community programs. Um, Our community is relatively new, at least sort of the way it is right now. It's only about two years old. So a lot of what we focus on is like trying different things out. And so when I say I'm responsible for the strategy, there's a lot of rethinking the strategy and trying new things and iterating and trying over again. And the company still... You know, we, we're still figuring out exactly what we should do as well. So there's a lot of changing company initiatives and then the community strategy has to change for that too. And I assume that customer success at Coursera is like getting users educated or having them learn whatever they're trying to learn. Is that right? Essentially, yeah. I mean, we, we, we think of our customers in a couple of different ways because we have companies who use us to train their employees and then we have governments who use us too and then also individuals. But ultimately, uh, success is really success for the individual, no matter who's actually paying. We want people to, to gain the skills that they need to achieve their goals, whatever they are. Usually it's a new job or a career change or promotion, but sometimes it's uh, something uh, more altruistic, like uh, helping their village, or um, they have a friend or a family member who's got cancer and they want to learn more about that and how they can support them, for example. And so... The community helps in a few ways. Uh, We help people to discover the courses that they are interested in or figure out which ones are going to be the right ones to help them achieve their goals. And it also helps people to get through the courses that they've chosen. You know, if they get stuck on something, they can turn to the community for for help there. Um, And lastly, um, you know, it's not enough just to learn something unless you can actually apply that learning. So the community helps people to to get that first step in their new career or to, to get a promotion, start a new business, whatever it is that they're trying to do, the community helps with that as well. Just curious, with everything going on with COVID, I assume, you know, the demand for for your product has just gone through the roof. Is it, would it mostly be, do you have people that are like, currently unemployed that are trying to level up their skills or do you have people 
that are just at home more and have more time so they're not commuting that are sort of leveling up their skills? Like who's using Coursera more over the sort of COVID, you know, months that have passed? All of the above. Um, we have launched an initiative recently um, called Coursera for Workplace Recovery, um, and we're partnering with governments to offer Coursera for free to people who are unemployed and need to, to reskill to, to try and get back into the workforce. Um, and then, yeah, of course, there's, there's people who have a lot more free time on their hands right now uh, who are learning for the fun of it. Um, and, of course, students who haven't been able to go in person to their universities and we were so we were already partnering with universities to offer courses to their students and we've sort of doubled down on that initiative as well to help universities around the world offer Coursera courses to their students on campus or remote at the moment. How exactly does the community team or programming help accomplish the goal of getting users to get more engaged and take more classes or learn more? We, with the community, that, that's our, our main focus is, is retention of, of users. And we, we think about it in a few different ways. So as I, as I mentioned, it helps people to discover which courses they're actually interested in in the first place. So that helps to get them in. And then if people are coming back to the community just itself, they might not have a current need to be taking a course. They might have just finished a course but they can continue to learn in small ways in the community itself. And so if they're coming back to the community, they are coming back to Coursera, they're keeping Coursera in mind, um, and then maybe they discover the next course that they want to take. And then also, if you think about that success piece, if people are taking a course, you know, online learning is really difficult. And if they get stuck, then they're probably not going to come back. They're probably not even going to try a different course. And so the community helps to get people unstuck. And then that helps people to have a good experience, finish their learning, feel good about themselves and be more likely to try another course. And what, what sort of specific programs do you all do inside of the community? Like community means different things to different people, but sort of what, what are the key programming aspects that you have? We haven't got too many specific programs running yet. Um, like I said, the community is relatively new. Um, so we've been focused really on, on growing it to the point where we can actually start running these kinds of programs. We've, we've been experimenting with various different forums to support different subject areas and to support different sort of product lines. So specifically, we have um, a product line called Professional Certificates, which is designed very specifically at getting people job ready versus just a acquiring skills that might be useful for a job, but not necessarily. And so we've, uh, we've experimented with forums for those people to get together to help one another and thinking more about that kind of after they've learned piece there as well. Um, and I think we've, we've, we're, that's, that's something that we're starting to put more in place now. So that's actually one of my big focus areas for this quarter is thinking about more programs that we can put in place and specifically thinking about super user programs that we can set up to benefit a variety of different use cases. So maybe we have um, career mentors, for example, and we want to double down more on those subject kinds of discussions and having community leaders to drive those discussions, those conversations, um, you know, people who are experts in their field who want to drive those conversations. We have a couple right now and they've been really successful. So we want to do more of that. You have a subscription model. We talked to a lot of SaaS companies or companies with subscription models. How does community benefit the acquisition and retention of, of new students uh, you know, subscribing? How, how do you all play into that 
you know, sort of funnel of, of bringing people in? I mean, we, we decided in the interest of focus that we would leave acquisition more to marketing, um, although the community does contribute to SEO and word of mouth, and that's probably something we will focus on at some point in the future. But really, we're focusing, for now, we're really doubling down on retention. So like I said, it's it's about getting people to come back to the community, even if they're not necessarily interested in a course right now. We want them to have those subject discussions that sort of keep them interested, keep them coming back for more um, and helping them to have a really successful experience so they feel good about Coursera um, and then they want to use it. And the the alumni piece too. So when we're thinking about helping people to transform their lives and get job ready, that's an area where we can keep people engaged after they finish taking the courses if we're helping them to also get that job and and continue their professional development even, then that's a reason for them to continue using the community um, until maybe they feel the need for that that next promotion, that next step in their career, and then they're ready to come back and take a course again. Could you just talk about how you measure that retention? Like just walk through the logistical process like what system of record do you tie into how do you do you do that does your team do that do you have like a data scientist that helps you do you like how do you actually measure the retentive impact of of the programs you're doing this is something that we have not nailed yet for by any means um we are starting out by sort of assuming that retention within the community is going to equal retention in coursera in general but we have not got to the point where we can prove that and we measure retention so right now we're looking at we define it as the proportion of people who came back more than once within the last three month period And we compare that against the proportion of people who only came once in that same three months period to adjust for significant growth of the community. So it's not skewing our metrics too much. And that is not where we want to be either. um, But that's sort of the best metric that we have access to right now. We're waiting on some engineering work to hopefully get us something that will uh, capture that even more because we want you know, to take into account people who came a year ago and have just come back now, that's that's a form of retention too um, that our current metric just doesn't capture. But that's the best we're working with right now. You currently have about 85,000 members of your community, which is incredible. What do you think have been the biggest drivers of that growth? Our initial sort of plan was when we launched a couple of years ago was to port across we had, a, we had a couple of super user programs going, but no sort of overall community center. And we were hoping that we could sort of port across those most active people to get our community going. And we managed to bring a few people, but it didn't really pan out the way we had hoped. And eventually we, we ran a survey and we, we, we realized that most people, most Coursera learners just didn't know about the community. So we, we set up a series of automated emails just to let people know. So um, essentially when someone, Uh, enrolls in a course for the first time or sometimes it's when they complete a course if we have a forum or a community group that's relevant to that course we will send an email to let them know about it and that was really when we started to see our growth pick up more recently we've had significant growth in the last few months for, for less less happy reasons, um, you know, as we discussed a minute ago, uh, the coronavirus has driven 
a huge number of people to Coursera and that has translated to community growth as well. And and obviously um, people have more of a need and more time now for online community. So that that's contributed as well. I know you've recently uh, hosted a your annual conference. You did it all virtually. I wonder what you all learned from that and if that's something that you plan to do again, if you're going to do it more regularly, less regularly, the same, like what, what are the key at 3,000 plus people attend that? Uh, what, what were some of the main learnings, good and bad from that? So I wasn't involved in running it and I was on maternity leave when they uh, announced, oh, lucky you. announced the, the sort of the results and the learnings. But I, I kept, there is there is some stuff I can share. I know that um, our team who ran it considered it to be a huge success. It enabled way more people to attend than would have been possible if it had just been in person. And I think people were, were happy with the way that the conference went, although I'm sure there was some sort of leeway in people's opinions due to the circumstance. But I know our our conference team is definitely thinking about running it virtually again next year for sure, just because it's still unsure how how much international travel is going to have recovered or will be safe by then. Um, But also in general, I think they felt like the the benefit of having so many extra people being able to attend was was something to not just throw away so quickly and return to to solely in person. So definitely some some form of virtual event will continue to happen, I'm sure. And as we wrap up, please tell me about a community that you love and why do you love it? Uh, my husband, uh, he's recently got involved in modding of uh, Nintendo Wii's, um, you know, hacking apart the, the circuit boards. And uh, he's actually trying to fit uh, an old Wii board into an, an old a SNES or like one of the really, really old consoles. He's trying to put it in the case of one of those. Um, yeah. Uh, and he's part of this online community, super, super niche, of course. But people in that community are helping him, you know, troubleshoot. He's, he's like, I've got this circuit board. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. Why not? And they're helping him. Like, did you wire it up wrong? Is it upside down? Is it just getting too hot? Or did you design it wrong? And the other day we were about to take the kids out and he's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. There's this guy in Italy who is helping me out. I have to test out something for him. Just give me two more minutes. I mean, I'm not a part of that community, but he tells me about it, which in itself is a, is a big deal. And I just think that's, you know, obviously it's a community founded on on true passion but the you can really see true interaction real connection and that that's what I think is true community and obviously it's incredibly difficult for a brand community to replicate that um, but that is the ultimate goal in my mind awesome thank you and I you know <laughs> I've been a gamer for a long time my kids are I mean now I worked at EA it was my first job so but I, I was not aware of this community, so I've, I've like just Googled it. And it's really neat. Uh, it's random, but it's really neat. See, like a, a, a Wii modded for like an N64 or something. and We keep getting these packages in the mail that are all roughly the same size. They're all from eBay. And he's like, what do you think's in this one? I'm like, is it another Nintendo Wii? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> that is so funny. That's so cool. Well, thank you for putting me on to this. This is great. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.